The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network, found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcast, and also at SoundCloud by searching Belmont Media. You can listen to the Toddcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. I am Todd Bloniars from the Time Out for Sports Talk TV show, available on BMC channels 8, 9, 28, and 29, and also on demand at belmontmedia.org. Org, and we welcome you to the official TOST New England Patriots season preview as we are recording uh, this podcast just eight days before our season opener, before the Patriots season opener on September 7th. It's not our season opener, the, the Patriots season opener. I'm not on the team. Uh, and I was originally planning to have my regular co-host, Howie McClellan, joining me uh, here in Studio B, but unfortunately he had a scheduling conflict, couldn't be here. Uh, fortunately, he did send me a text with his Pat's prediction of a 14-2 regular season capped off with a six Lombardi trophy, of course. I know. I, w- I wouldn't expect anything less from Howie, so uh, thank you for that. In Howie's absence, I'm glad to be joined here in studio by the ever-versatile Dave Fluitt. Uh, Dave, always good to see you here. And, uh, you know, you're kind of like that that Rex Burkhead, uh, you know, uh, just ultra, you know, Danny Amendola kind of. We, wherever we put you on the line, wherever we set you up, uh, you know, we, we get good production out of you. Yeah, little Troy Brown. I can do offense and defense <laughs> if, uh, if need be. A little special teams. I can handle punts. Yeah, harkening uh, back to your high school days, right? Yeah, exactly. Excellent. No, it's good to be here. And, and uh, uh, how you doing, uh, Belmont? <laughs> well, Belmont and everyone else, too, uh, you know, listening all over on the, you know, the SoundCloud app and through BelmontMedia.org. It's the great part about these Toddcasts. And uh, also uh, helping me preview the 2017 Patriots, I'm very pleased to be joined on the phone by Christopher Price, who covers the Patriots for the still relatively new Boston Sports Journal, which you can find online at bostonsportsjournal.com. He has also just written the book Drive for Five, the remarkable run of the 2016 Patriots, which is available at bookstores and Amazon beginning on September 5th. Chris, thank you so much for joining us here on the TOST Toddcast. It's my pleasure, guys. How are you doing tonight? We, Very good. Yeah, we're doing great, and uh, look at, as you are, I'm sure, looking forward to the start of uh, the Patriots season, and uh, it's been uh, kind of an interesting preseason so far. Uh, lots. Of, well, actually, before we get going, why don't we? Uh, uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how things are going at the Boston Sports Journal and uh, about your new book coming out? Oh, it's been great. I'll say that it's, it's as I was explaining to you guys a little bit before we we, we went on. Um, it's it's there is some excitement and anxiety and you know all sorts of you know newness that that goes along with a startup and, and you know that's that's been part of it and that's kind of fueled the first month or so here. But it's also been you know interesting because it's a subscriber driven website and, and the fact that we do have to do kind of a sales job and then you know once we get people in the tent we have to say hey you know we <laughs> we have to we have to give them a reason to stay there basically you know people can say look we paid you know thirty five bucks a year. You know, seventy-five bucks for three years, three hundred bucks for a lifetime. Give us a reason to come back and keep visiting the website. So, uh, Greg Bedard, our boss, is holding us to a very high standard, as he should. You know, the level of faith that people have shown over this first month plus has been really exciting. And then, with a book going on too, 
Um, it, it, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. It, it really has. We're, we're very excited for the release of the book on September 5th. The pre-orders through Amazon have been going great. Um, you know, we've gotten a lot of great feedback. Jeff Perlman, New York Times, uh, you know, uh, award-winning editor. Um, Ian Rappaport, Mike Reese, Bob Sosi have all provided some, some great quotes for us uh, for the back of the book. They've, they've given us some great advanced publicity, and it's all gone really, really well so far. So, so we're looking to keep that momentum rolling with a release on September 5th. Yeah, I know. And, of course, we can, uh, you know, keep, you can follow Chris on Twitter, of course, at CPriceNFL. Uh, you can follow the Boston Sports Journal. I am one of your uh, your new subscribers, by the way. Uh, the uh, Twitter feed is at Boston Sports BSJ. Uh, Chris, uh, just uh, with regards to uh, writing this book, uh, was the plan all along, were you going to write this uh, win or lose? I mean, what kind of, how did this all come together? Was this in the works since the beginning of last season? Well, it, it actually started out, my, my agent and I were, were working on a different book, and I think this is something we talked about before, Whaler's book, of History of the Hartford Whalers. Um, yeah, I know. I, believe me, I, I, I'm eagerly looking forward to that book and having you come on to talk about that. But, uh, you know, I understand that the Patriots uh, take first priority, and, and for good reason. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it was interesting, too, because as the season went on, I, I started to kind of lean on my agent, Alex Shane, a little bit more and said, hey, you know, maybe there's a book here. And we kind of got into the, you know, Brady's return and Ninkovich's return and all of the drama in the preseason and, the, you know, the, the performance by Garoppolo and then him going down and, you know, you, you, you get to 7-1, and 8-1, and one, and, you know, you, you, you start to kind of, you know, think that, hey, maybe there's something there. And then you get the election into it, and then you get the game against Seattle, and the drama continued to build, and then it, you know, built late into the season and into the postseason. Um, but about 3 a.m., and we, we've kind of, we kind of kept in touch, you know, over the, over the weeks, and I, I kind of kept leaning on the thing more and more, saying, hey, you know, maybe there's something here. And about 3 a.m., um, after the Super Bowl, the, the, or the early morning hours after the Super Bowl, he texted me and said, we got to do a book on this. And so I wrote 85,000 words between mid-February and mid-April, um, basically kind of going back and looking at my notes and kind of you know pulling together everything. And it, we, we were able to get Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater. Devin wrote a great forward. Matthew Slater wrote a great afterward. And so we kind of had it all come together really, really quickly. We did what they, they call in the business a crash publishing job. But I think right now it, this is this is tremendous. And I think that even if you uh, you know don't care much for my writing, I'm telling people, look, the work that Devin and Matthew put in, you're going to find something in there that you did not know about, as a, as a, even as the most hardcore Patriots fans. So I think Patriots fans are really going to enjoy this thing. You want to uh, let any little uh, nuggets out uh, as far as uh, what to uh, look forward to? Well, I, I, can, t- I can tell you that, that Devin's piece was, I'll tell you this, Devin's piece um, that, that he wrote um, dealt specifically with what he referred to as the, the, the key stretch. Uh, and it kind of gave you a behind-the-scenes look at a key stretch of the regular season. And then Matthew wrote a great piece about the brotherhood, the, the bond of brotherhood that developed amongst this group of, uh, of, of football players and what they were able to do and what they were able to overcome over the course of the 2016 season. And then you have the stories in there, too. It was funny. I was writing and writing and writing, and then you kind of hit a wall. And you'd say, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to get to 85,000 words. And then someone would inevitably say, oh, you forgot this story about, you know, Martellus Bennett or Chris Long or, you know, whoever. So it was able to kind of continuously build on itself until we were able to get to 85,000 words. Again, I, I really think that people are going to like it because at the very least you go back and you look at it, and it's one of those great keepsakes 
and you're talking about the 2016 season and what made that team so great. Yeah, I could make an argument there, Chris, that you could have probably written 85,000 words just about the Super Bowl alone <laughs> and all the twists and turns and, and every break and everything that had to go the Patriots' way in that second half to complete the, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Now, Chris, the last time we had you on our show uh, was right before the Super Bowl, and at the time I posed the question, actually I had to go back uh, and rewatch it today just to remind myself of that I asked you this. Uh, I had uh, said, you know, if they were able to win Super Bowl 51 combined with 49, two in three years, did that would that help erase the the pain of of losing the 19 and 0 season in, in 07? And uh, you were kind of on the fence about that, but obviously they hadn't yet played the game. Now that they've uh, you know, made the history they have. Okay, it's not 19-0 history, but, hey, being down 28-3 in the Super Bowl, uh, biggest comeback ever uh, in that game. Uh, what, what do you think now? Do you want to uh, revise uh, your, your feelings about, uh, about these two Super Bowls and whether they kind of completely help cancel out 07? I'll revise a little bit. I, I will say <laughs> that there is always going to be, and I think there always should be, a little bit of sting of regret because of the way that season in that game ended because you know the shot at going 19 and 0 that's truly special that's that's something unique and that's something that you know it'd be different if that team went into the game say 13 and 3 or you know or 14 and 2 or whatever the case may be i think there's always going to be a little bit there but i will say this that two super bowl wins in the last 3 years given what happened in the previous decade before that i think is really quite remarkable when when you consider the, the, the ups and downs, the twists and turns that this team has had over the last decade or so. I, I and you know just just on the face of it, winning two in three years. I don't care who you are in this league where you know everything is you know playing parity and balanced scheduling and designed to bring back to center. I, I think it's it's remarkable to begin with. But when you put those two next to the three that came before, and you start to think about winning five Super Bowls in the salary cap era, that is nothing short of remarkable. So I think you're always going to see, you know, a little pain, or a little, little pang of regret when you're talking about what happened in Super Bowl 42. But I think the, the two in the last three years, and especially Super Bowl 51, I think that washes away a little bit of it, at least when you're talking about stacking them up against each other. Oh, no. do, you, do you think that anybody on the Patriots staff would have changed any of the last two Super Bowls to have won, to have gone 19-0? and 0. Like if they could no. pick and choose which no, jewels I, I, to I, I have. I think that's a good question, though. I do. I think that's a legitimate question. Is that in your book? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask? No, I don't know. Just, go ahead. No, but no, I, I, think that's a, I think that's an excellent question. I think that, you know, when, when you talk about what, med, what might have happened and, and, you know, the idea of finishing a perfect season by going 19-0, and 0, and then trading it off, having to trade it off for two others. I think the fact that they won two, I think kind of, you know, I don't want to say absolves them a little bit or makes them feel a little bit better. But, you know, I, I, I don't think that, you know, if, if they hadn't won another one, you know, if, if they'd been, if they'd gone winless since then, I think it might be a different matter. But the fact that they won two in that amount of time since then, I think that goes a long way toward wiping away some of that pain and, and you know, maybe a little bit of that regret. Well, it's also, I think, the way they won those two. I mean, exactly. you know, right. again, they could have been two more losses added to the, yeah. you know, the two Giants losses in, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's yeah. And, and, and if they, I mean, if, if if they had two more losses added to it, I think that you know we would be having a very different conversation right now. So I, I think that there is something to the idea of you know, the way they won them 
in such a dramatic fashion. I, I'll tell you, as, as God is my witness, I never thought I would see something that would top the end of Super Bowl 49, but Super Bowl 51 was absolutely remarkable when it came to just absolutely heart-stopping, compelling drama. Yeah, when you say we're, we'd be having a different conversation, it might be the same one. We'd just be having it at the Zakem Bridge, I think, right. if, uh, if the results had been <laughs> different. But, you know, you talk about, too, the twists and turns of the last, you know, two or three seasons for the Patriots, and I guess we can just use that as the segue, kind of talk about the twists and turns of the preseason and, you know, just as when you thought it was going to be a nice, easy uh, preseason leading into the opener against the Chiefs uh, and a thir- uh, week from Thursday. Uh, we've got ourselves, uh, you know, the Julian Endelman season-ending injury. Uh, weird parallel there. Him and Brady both blow out their ACLs in their ninth season in the league. Uh, you know, right at the beginning of the year and and done for the season. Uh, I know, you know, being the, the kind of football soulmates that they are. Uh, so your your thoughts here, your early thoughts on the Edelman injury and how the Patriots are going to have to sort of rejigger uh, the offense to uh, you know continue to be productive. I think it's going to be a huge challenge for them. I, I you know when when you consider the chemistry that Brady has with Edelman and, you know, the, the rapport that they've built ever since 2009, I do think it's going to be a challenge for, in, in that aspect, or for, for Brady to find another quote-unquote guy because there, and you've seen it, you guys know it just as well as I do, there's inevitably three or four times in every game, and it's even more so in those uh, bigger games where Brady just kind of says, bleep it, I'm just going to, I'm just going to find Edelman, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to focus on him and I'm going to, you know, have him move the chains for me. So it's going to be interesting when they get to those moments now, what sort of reaction we'll see from the quarterback. But at the same time, they still have more make-you-miss guys on the roster than ever before. You know, and when I say make-you-miss guys, not so much the, you know, the overwhelming offensive guys like Gronkowski, but James White, Deion Lewis, you know, to a lesser extent, kind of Danny Amendola. You know, maybe D.J. Foster gets thrown in there if he makes the team. You know, Chris Hogan, those kinds of guys are built for this kind of offense. And so I think that while they're going to struggle, and specifically Brady's going to struggle because he doesn't have his guy out there, his binky, his Northern California soulmate, there are other guys on this roster who are capable of stepping up and at least doing a reasonable facsimile of, of what Edelman was able to do in this offense when you're talking about overall production. Exactly. I mean, you know, I think they're, they're at least the Patriots, it feels like they're in better shape than they were in the middle of the 2015 season when Edelman went down. I mean, certainly most of the guys you just listed, Chris, weren't here or weren't in the same uh, stage of development two years ago that they're in now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. so I mean, I, the biggest question is, who do you think is going to be spending the majority of the time lining up in Edelman's slot position? Like, are they still going to pretty much go with the, you know, the three wide receiver sets there uh would i'm assuming what hogan and, and uh, cooks would probably be you know split outside and then was that leave amandola or burkhead or some other combo in the middle yeah i, I think it, and it's important to remember too that we kind of get caught up in the narrative and that's what you guys but I, I think that it's it's easy for football fans to think well they lost a player at this position especially when you talk about the Patriots offense. They lost a player at this position. The Patriots have to replace him with a player at the exact same position. They are so versatile. They're so multiple. You know, you bring up Rex Burkett. I think that's a great, you know, that's a great name to look toward for a couple of reasons, not the least of which he does have a similar kind of skill set. You know, he, he has played, you know, some in the slot, not as much as Edelman, obviously. But, you know, maybe you look at a guy like that, maybe you spend – you know, more time, you know, with, with, with Deion Lewis or, or James White in the slot. You know, these are, 
these are guys who have a background in the offense who, who again, maybe aren't as, you know, they, they don't have the same kind of chemistry with Brady. But, you know, you, you need to kind of think outside the box when, when you're looking at this. And people are automatically, you know, I understand the thought process when they say, okay, people, well, Edelman goes down, well, he's going to be replaced by Amendola. And I think there is some truth to that. But I think we're shortchanging some of the other guys on the rest of the roster, especially when you talk about versatile offensive presences. Yeah. Chris, um, with defenses going smaller, a lot more nickel and a lot more dime, even in regular packages um, or, you know, first down or not, do you think the Patriots might run more? Not a lot more, but just, you know, four or five times more than they would normally run. I I think you're going to see them – go on a series-to-series basis, you know, and, and it's not even going to be, it, 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 it's not so much going to be dictated by, you know, well, we need to run the ball 25 times, let's say. We right. need to run the ball 30 times. I think they are multiple enough to, to offer different looks across the board. I, they, they treat the running back position, and not so much the third down guys, but the between-the-tackle guys, the Mike Gillisley types. They treat that position you know, with as, as basically like fungible assets, where it's all right. You know, we're going to get it. Basically, like Garrett Blunt hit his expiration date, so we're going to go to the store and pick us up another. You know, you right. know discount running back, and so yeah. you know this is the season where they're going to get Mike Gillisley to run for two hundred, you know, two hundred plus carries. So I think that there is a chance, but I think it's still going to be dictated by down distance situation, opponent, all of that. I, I, I they're, they're not going to say at the start of the year. Well, we're going to run the ball more. I, I think, but I do think that there is an opportunity. There's going to be more opportunity for guys like that for Gillisley. I also think too that when you talk about Deion Lewis, Deion Lewis is probably an underrated between the tackles guy. We saw a little flash of that in 2015. I wonder if we're going to see a little bit more of him, depending on Mike Gillisley and how he approaches things. Uh, I wonder if we're going to see more Lewis between the tackles last year. We saw a little bit of it last year at the end of last season because Blount, I think, basically you know, career highs and rushes and carries and touchdowns relatively early, and they were trying to get Lewis back into it. So there's going to be a lot of options. But I guess the short answer to your question is I don't necessarily think they're going to run a lot more. I do think they're still going to pick and choose their spots as to when they want to do it. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, kind of moving on here a little bit, Chris, uh, you know, from the offense, looking at the defense a little bit, if this team – well, first of all, let me me say this. I'm not saying I'm I'm glad Edelman went down, but the one thing Edelman's injury does cause – is uh, first of all for the Patriots to kind of you know you know maybe Brady to be a little less reliant on Edelman, which isn't necessarily a bad mm-hmm. thing. I think the other thing is all that nineteen to no talk from the people to, before the season. I think we can finally put that to rest now too, because uh, you know this is a very good Patriots team still, but it's not that sort of you know elite team uh, you know without Edelman there. But uh, moving on the the defensive side of the ball, where where I have a, I guess some concerns. I don't know what you think here, Chris. Uh, the front seven, uh, you know, obviously the, you you mentioned uh, Rob Ninkovich and what an important part he was to last year's team, which you know we'll be looking forward to reading in your upcoming book. But uh, you know, so he's he's retired now, and it just feels like you know that front line. I mean, you've got Alan Branch back, but then there's a lot of other moving parts, and it sounds like we're going to be seeing more of Dante Hightower now up front on the edge, and then that feels like it weakens the linebacking core a little bit. What, what are your thoughts on the front seven? I know obviously there was this trade this week that you reported on uh, the you know the Marquise Flowers uh, uh, acquisition, and uh, so how do you think this uh, this this front seven unit is developing right now? They need to find a little bit more depth on the edge right now. They are very, they're very well off up front between Branch and Malcolm Brown. And I, I love 
Adam Butler and, and Dietrich Wise, these, these two young kids, I, I think that both of those guys have a chance to make a, a significant impact way ahead of schedule on this 2017 defense when you're talking about that front seven. I agree with you. I think we're going to see Hightower on the edge, maybe some Trey Flowers out there, you know, maybe a mixture of guys, again, depending on how fast Wise comes along. I think he can be a contributor before it's all said and done. Um, but then, you know, how does that shake out a linebacker, taking Hightower out of the middle? You know, is, is Harris going to be a guy? you can rely on for all 16 games can you get something out of the mcclellan van noy freeney harvey longy combination there in, in the, you know at, at that tra- more traditional linebacker spot but i will say this this secondary can really paper over any sort of deficiencies that we see in the front seven at least right now because when you talk about a group that includes malcolm butler stefan gilmore um and an unnamed third guy in the slot at least at this point and then you have a, a safety rotation of Chung, McCordy, and Deron Harmon. You're in really good shape. I'd, I'd, I'd put it out there that that's one of the better secondaries in the league, maybe a top five secondary at the very least. So, I, you know, it, it was interesting, it's interesting thinking back five years ago when the Patriots' front seven was considered stout and we had all sorts of questions about the back end, about the secondary. I think things have flipped around to some extent, not completely, but flipped around a little bit where you can look at this secondary and you could say this secondary really is the strength of this defense. And that's not to take anything away from the guys up front. I just think that they need a little bit more depth there now going forward. But quite frankly, these are first-world NFL problems. These are kind of NFL personnel problems that you know they kill for, say, in San Francisco or Jacksonville at this point. Yeah, you had some really good coverage this week uh, on Boston Sports Journal, Chris. Uh, with regards to the Butlers, you mentioned, of course, Malcolm giving a very brief assessment of his performance uh, in, the, in the last preseason game against Detroit, and uh, certainly his play is bound to get better. Uh, you know, for people who maybe aren't quite up to speed on Adam Butler, you had a really nice uh, lengthy write-up on him, and I guess Bill Belichick really likes this kid's versatility, so where could you envision him? Is he going to be more of a, a front-four guy, or could he slide back and, and do something? some linebacker-type coverage as well? He's going to be more of a front-four guy at this point, even though he's played, by his own estimate, I asked him, he played six spots. He played some outside linebacker, and he played all five techniques along the defensive front. Uh, This is a guy who projects, at least right now, as an interior rusher, even though he lost about 15 pounds this offseason. He was a little bit bit bigger. He was a little bit slower, but he's gotten gotten a little bit... um, a little bit lighter, a little bit faster, and he's shown a really good interior presence as a disruptive pass rusher. Uh, look, he's been playing against ones and twos to this point, and, and things obviously change when the lights go on, but I've been really impressed by him and uh, what he's been able to bring to the field consistently over the course of the summer. I'm not saying he's going to go out and win the Defensive Rookie of the Year award this year, but he has now earned a spot in that rotation up front uh, not just with a, you know, his level of play, but his versatility, as you mentioned before. I, I think this is one of those years where I, 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 think, he has, I think he has a chance to, to really make some noise this year and be one of those unexpected guys that the Patriots end up leaning on. I just, yeah, I just look at really quick. Uh, you know, Butler six five three hundred. So I guess that that would make one hell of a linebacker if he was going <laughs> to go back into coverage. But uh, yeah, go. It's fair, but it's fair because that in you know what that is a bit of a misnomer because I talked to him the other day. He says it's down to about two eighty five. And, you know, you, you look at a guy like Dante Hightower, you know, who you're, you're, you're not in the same neighborhood, but you get there. And, and this is a guy, like I said before, you know, he's, he's lost some weight. He's lost about 15 or 20 pounds. Um, so he's a lot more explosive than he used to be. So the idea of him as a linebacker, and he played some outside linebacker. So, I mean, it, it's, not, 
it's not a ridiculous concept. I'll put it that way. And, another, and you know, UDFA's uh, named Butler seem to do pretty well with the Pats. So that's exactly, good, exactly. Sad. There's a there's a trend there. He's got the right name. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's look. And no, well, the other thing too, and it's worth mentioning in the context of this conversation, is that they, you know, they always have one of those guys every single year who who kind of seemingly comes out of nowhere and is either a rookie free agent or an undrafted free agent makes the final fifty three. You know. David Andrews was that guy a couple of years ago, and now you can't imagine the offensive line without him. And so I'm not saying that he's going to have the same level of impact, say, that Andrews had that immediately. But, you know, it, it's not out of the ordinary for an undrafted free agent or a rookie free agent to make this final 53 roster. And right now my money's on both Adam Butler. I also really like Harvey Longy, although he, he's a little bit – I don't think he's as far along – Developmentally, as as a guy like Butler, but he's another he's another one of those uh, rookie rookie free agents to watch. Mm. Yeah, Chris, switching gears a little bit. Um, in some games, uh, you know, there there's potential for some blowouts, and in the past, uh, the Patriots haven't. Uh, you know, they've always had Brady play like every down until like you know there's, there's a minute and a half left, and then you know Garoppolo comes in and hands off. Um, but with you know, the last two games of the year at home against Buffalo and the Jets, and maybe with the with their record being something like, you know, 12-2 and two at that time or 11-3 and three and maybe everything's sewn up, is there a chance Garoppolo will play more, maybe start that game or come in earlier? I don't think he'll play more, but or, I'm sorry, I don't think he will start, but I do think he will play more. You remember back in 2014 where they had everything wrapped up going into the regular season finale oh, yeah. and Garoppolo – you know, I think Brady played like the first series or two in that one, and then Garoppolo took over the rest of the way. The starting streak, that that thing is really important to Brady, the fact that he's out there. And so I yeah. don't think he would yield that. And at the same time, if you are in one of those situations, again, like you mentioned, if you go into that game, you go into the last two weeks of the season, 13-1, and one, you got everything wrapped up, there's no reason to think that you know, you're know you not going to see more snaps from, from a guy like Garoppolo. So... Look, the, the quarterback thing is really interesting. I, I really do. I really think it's it's going to be fascinating to see the way it all shakes out, you know, going forward. This year, obviously, it's Brady, but, you know, we don't know Garoppolo's situation going into 2018 and beyond. So uh, the quarterback situation is a fascinating situation, you know, when, when you're talking about New England beyond Tom Brady. Well, you know, before we I, we want to wrap this up, I know we uh, appreciate you spending the time with us here, Chris, on the uh, the TOST Toddcast. Uh, wrapping things up, uh, before we pin you down for a record and a, and a finish for the 2017 Patriots, uh, talk about, of course, the final preseason game and the big cut down now as we go from, you know, 90 players down to the uh, the final 53. Uh, who who do you think are guys on the bubble? Now, earlier you mentioned David Harris. It made, you made it sound like uh, Harris was probably in, in your mind, uh, whereas I know he's been considered a little bit on the bubble for for you know some folks I mean what are there any surprises you see surprise cuts uh, surprise sticks uh, you know guys who stick around here what do you what are your thoughts on uh, that heading into Harris, the is a, Harris is a guy for me that's still a question mark right now you know when and I think Greg Bedard had his uh, 53 men roster projection uh, posted this afternoon or for for our site he cut uh, DJ Foster Jonathan Freeney and Jacoby Brissett uh, is basically the last three guys with the understanding you might be able to get Brissett through to the practice squad. But Harris, I don't think Harris is a is a lock, at least at this point. The, the, in, and I'm not saying the situations are similar, but it really struck me, and I wrote about it this week, that you know Harris's situation might have some parallels to what happened to John Lynch 
when he came through here a few years ago where, he, you know, he was signed and, you know, he's a veteran, well-respected guy, been around the league for a few years, thought to be able to bring something to the field. But I talked to Lynch about it this spring, and he said, you know, it just wasn't there anymore for me. And, and so, you know, he had one of those heart-to-heart talks with Belichick to kind of figure out where he was and figure out where his head at, where his head was at. And so, you know, I don't know if the same thing is happening with Harris, but it's going to be fascinating to see. Like I said, I, I'll, the only thing I know for sure right now is I don't believe his roster spot is a lock, at, at least at this point. Uh, there are going to be some really tough cuts at the back end of that roster. You know, like I said, you know, Greg has, you know, Brissett being cut, I think Foster is a great question at this point. You know, do you keep him around because he can do some things, play a little running back, play a little wide receiver, be a little bit of a versatile offensive threat? Um, you know, does, does the, the arrival of Marquise Flowers mean that, like, a Jonathan Freeney type is, you know, he's not long for this team? So, look, none of these guys are really big, kind of sexy names. But at the same point, this is really the kind of the foundational element of roster building. You know, when you have to make decisions about these guys at the back end of your roster, special teamer types, you know, like Freeney and Brandon Bolden, and you know, trying to figure out what fits and who fits and, you know, where you want to leave yourself a little more depth as opposed to, you know, maybe you want to be a little, you know, and maybe you're okay with being a little thinner here. These are all questions that go into this week. And Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be a tremendous team-building exercise. And, you know, there's going to be over a 1,000 guys in the street all at once because there's only one cutdown as opposed to multiple cutdown dates. So it's going to be tough for teams to be able to sift through all those available names. The one thing that's important to remember, and I wrote about it on Sunday, and I want to reiterate it here with you guys before we wrap up, is that when final cuts come down, don't get too, if you're a player, you shouldn't get too comfortable because inevitably there is always a series of moves that are made between final cuts and kickoff. A couple of years ago, the Patriots made something like 14 moves. And so, you know, just because you get to a final 53 on Saturday at 4 o'clock doesn't necessarily mean that's the final 53 you're going to be taken into the regular season opener. Sure. Well, speaking of bubble guys, uh, Austin Carr, one of my my, my official uh, 2017 training camp binky. Uh, <laughs> what's uh, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, obviously with the Edelman injury, there's an opening uh, in the wide receiver depth chart. So, is there any chance he can sneak in at the bottom, or at the very least, maybe pass on through to the practice squad? I think he's a, he's he's a bit of a dilemma there when you're talking about Austin Carr, but I think he's, I think he's played too well to be snuck through to the practice squad, but I don't know if he's going to be able to land a spot on the final 53, at least at this point, because he has, at least in practice over the course of the summer, to my mind, he struggled to gain separation. Now, he did have that great game against Jacksonville, and he's played very well, and he's gotten a ton of reps, and, you know, he's done a lot of things really well to this point in his career. Um, But, you know what, sometimes life isn't fair. And, you know, if, if he gets cut... Or if they find a way to keep him around, maybe, you know, nudge, nudge, give him a case of the Foxborough flu between now and Saturday, and he ends up redshirting for a year, you know, then that happens, and that's great. But I think he's done enough to either, A, try and find a way to stick around Foxborough, or, B, done enough to win a job somewhere else. Put it this way, I think he's going to be in the league this year. It's just a matter of where he's going to end up. All right. Well, uh, then, as we wrap this up, uh, Chris, let me uh, let's try to pin you for a uh, win-loss record. Where do you think this team's going to uh, finish uh, this year? Is it going to? Is it? Uh, or do you agree with Howie? Is it going to be a sixth Lombardi in the uh, at the uh, the Museum at Patriot Place, <laughs> the Hall of Patriot well, Place? You know, sorry, I was... I, I'll say this: this team right now feels like a thirteen and three team because inevitably, look, I, I don't think I ever bought into the nineteen and zero talk just because. Thank you. Inevitably, there's always a loss out there somewhere that we don't see coming. 
it's just a matter of when. You know, last year was the Bills game, and I, my money this year is on. You know, they they have to go down to Oakland. They have to go to Mexico and play the Raiders. I mean, that's going to be a tough game. You know, you're out of your element. You're playing a young, aggressive team like Oakland. I could see them losing that one and maybe another one here or there along the way. Um, but, you know, right now, they're on that short list. And what did Ric Flair say? You know, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Yes, so he did. Until, until someone knocks them off, I have to consider them as Super Bowl favorites. And you start to kind of put together a list that includes you know, the Steelers, the Packers, the Seahawks. You know, the usual suspects are all going to be there when you know, you know when, when we get to January and, and the Patriots uh, you know, have as good a chance as anyone else to be at the top of that list. Who, who do you like in the NFC to, uh, to potentially face the Patriots in uh, SB5-2? I, I, just, I don't know if I'm just being an overly wistful or sentimental football fan, but look, as football fans, we all deserve uh, a showdown between the two best quarterbacks in the game right now, in, in Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And, and I think that's that's the one that I would love to see. And, and look, I don't have a, a dog in the fight in, the, in, in either one of these, but I think the chance to be able to see the both of those guys on the same field at the same time, you know, the highest level of competition in you know such a quarterback-driven lane to see two of the best in the game, I think that's what people want to see. And, and I know that's what I want to see because you know, Rodgers is operating at such a high level. We saw it down the stretch last year, kind of holding everything together with bubblegum and bailing wire. And then Brady continuing to do what he's been able to do over the course of his career, I think that would be the best Super Bowl matchup, at least right now, that we could hope for. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. I'd love to see that matchup, too. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, Chris, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Hopefully we can we can try to catch up sometime during the season or at the very least maybe like right near the end of the season, maybe right before uh, Super Bowl 52 uh, if all goes well. But uh, listen, best of luck with the book. Again, it's The Drive for Five, the remarkable run of the 2016 Patriots. It'll be available beginning September 5th on Amazon and, and local bookstores anywhere. I know you got your signing tour uh, set up here, Chris. Uh, at C Price NFL is where you can uh, check Check out the dates for that. Don't be surprised if I somehow wind up at one of those. I may want to get an autographed book <laughs> from you. Love it. Love that. it. And, again, you can also check all of Chris's work out on uh, bostonsportsjournal.com. Uh, you know, it, it's great. I love the app. It's uh, easy to read and uh, a lot of great information. So, Chris, thank you again for, for joining us here on the TOST Toddcast. My pleasure. Thanks a lot for hooking it up, and, and I'm glad we could make it happen. All right. Thanks, Chris. And, so we will uh, let Chris go, and uh, again, thanks uh, a bunch there. Uh, that was uh, some good in-depth stuff from yeah. uh, you know one of the uh, better writers, best writers, and uh, you know that covers the Patriots out there. Again, he doesn't, you know, it's him, it's Mike Reese, it's uh, Tom E. Curran, and uh, you know that's probably my short list right there. Yeah, no, he you knows know? the stuff. And two of those guard. three have actually been guests here on the phone with right. us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I like Tommy Curran. He's never even been a guest, yeah. so it's not just I'm not just yeah. my favorite. Plus, uh, Bedard. Bedard's a, yeah, Bedard's got some good guy. stuff too. Yeah, um, you, you know, uh, he gets a little bit of a raw deal sometimes on Felger and Maz. The way they they cut up his little sound bites and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, right, definitely. But, but I guess that goes part and parcel when when you appear on that show. That's what you should right. expect. But oh yeah. Now you know, listen, Flu. We can continue the conversation here on the on the Patriots, and I'd like to. And in fact, we can maybe pick right up with the schedule. We can, I'll, you know, we can exchange our own predictions and even run through. I, I know, you know, as, as Chris was pointing out, he thinks if they're going to, you know, stumble, a potential stumble game uh, could be you know, the Raiders game in Mexico. I think yeah. that is a tough matchup when you look at Derek Carr on the other side. 
Uh, and certainly the list of opposing quarterbacks the Patriots are playing this year compared to last year, it's like night and day. And that's Correct. that's why I also thought, I thought it was going to be impossible to go 19-0 even before Edelman went down. Yeah. Now I, I think, yeah. So at least this, you know, that injury shuts up all the 19-0 folks, at least I hope, or that should. Uh, but now you were, you know, we were talking before we started right. the podcast saying, uh, you know, or the Toddcast. I know I keep kind of flipping back and forth between them. I sound, I sound like an egomaniac when I just keep calling it the Toddcast. Well, the own it. It's a branding thing. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to own brand it. it. It's okay, Toddcast. Okay, well, here on the Toddcast. Well, right. my name rhymes. That's kind of why I went with it. So, uh, you know, if my name was George, we wouldn't be calling right. it the George Cast. I so wouldn't call it the Dave Cast, but right, I'd call it know. the Toddcast. Yeah, there you go. See, it, like I say, you know, it's one of the few benefits of that. The name Todd. <laughs> right. My name also rhymes with odd. You can right. just take that. Uh, you can take that for whatever it's worth. Uh, which is probably a lot. But, okay, so you know, we were talking before we started this, and, uh, you know, you were making the debate that you think that maybe Oakland comes up in a good spot on the schedule. Why don't you uh, tell everyone listening on the Toddcast why? Yes, I actually think <laughs> it, it couldn't have come up at a, at a better spot. Uh, it's uh, week, let's see, two, four, six, eight. Okay, week 11 they play Oakland. And that's a 425 kickoff yeah, in the Mexico. It's a Sunday game. Right? And uh, it's high altitude. And uh, as we know, mm. it's tough to play in high altitude. You know, this will be the first time I think they've played that Mexico, because you know, they've played games in Mexico before. First time I think they're playing one in the late afternoon as opposed to it. Usually it's Correct. Like a Monday or it's Sunday It's usually night a Monday game. night. Correct. Mm. And they, they made a point of it. I think, I think Kraft said he'll play it, but they'll only play it on a Sunday. I think yeah. I heard okay. that somewhere. Um, and at 425, going to be a little bit warmer than it would be, uh, you know, for a night game. I know, again, yep. it's, uh, you know, we're talking here, what, uh, uh, November 19th? Yeah, it'll okay, be, yeah, so, so then, yeah. Um, but, but anyway, I'm sorry, continue But, your but the game but, couldn't, have, for the Patriots, it couldn't have come up at a better time. Week 9, it's a bye week, okay? Week 10, it's at Denver. By the way, that bye week perfectly. Oh, play. in I general, mean, the, the week 9 bye week is like, you know, uh, winning the winning the $758 million. Well, maybe not that big, but right. it's, it's it's nice. I mean, right. you, that's where ideally the coaches love having yep. it right there. Or maybe a little later sometimes, you know, when you – but but you're, you're not quite dragging by week 9. So it's just – it's a perfect time to kind of rest up, recharge, and start the second half. Yeah, and it, it's a it's a – it's just – it's at a perfect spot. The buy's at a perfect spot. And then they play at Denver the next week. And you, you go out now, it allows them to go out there a little early. They can go out there and maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, practice for a few days, get um, used to the thin air, okay, and play the, play the Denver game, okay. Which is always, we know, is always a tough one. At, uh, hey, it's a tough high, one, anyways, yeah, right. I mean. So you got to do it. So, and then the following week, um, you're going to play in Mexico in the thin air. Yeah. The Patriots mm-hmm. will be used to it. I'm not saying it's optimum. I'm just saying it's better to have played these two games back-to-back as opposed to maybe if week two was in Mexico and instead of going at New Orleans in week two, we played at New Orleans in week 11. So I just think it's it's an optimum. And plus plus the buys before. Yeah. um, And and that just fits – that just – well, you know, that's what was perfectly. And we didn't mention you, you you didn't necessarily you weren't really talking much about the buy in our uh, pre-show conversation, but that's a really good point because yeah, you're you're going to have the buy which will allow them to get out there early for the Denver game and then obviously with with Oakland the next week down in Mexico, yeah. you know, they're going to stay out there. That's a, that's a two-week trip. Yeah. By the way, coming out of the buy, the Patriots actually uh, when they come out of that buy, they're going to have 5 of 6 on the road. These are the first two. Then after uh, Mexico uh, against the Raiders, they come home 
for Miami. Then it's three straight, uh, the first three Sundays in December, uh, Bills, Dolphins, and Steelers on the, all on the road. But a five or six stretch on the road, pretty tough, but they do have the bye before it. And, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that will be an advantage for the Patriots because, you know, after the Denver game, they'll stay out there. They'll probably, I bet you they'll probably practice it like, you know, University of Colorado or Colorado State or one right. of the schools out there. Yep. They'll, they'll work out some arrangements to stay out there. They'll practice all week, and then, you know, like Friday, they'll fly down to Mexico City and play that game at uh, the Estadio Azteca. Yep. As uh, the official name of the stadium, they will be uh, playing the Raiders. But, you know, you also don't have to play the Raiders in the black hole. So I think, you know, fan, that's going to probably be kind of a, that, that really will be a true neutral site yeah. game. I have heard, I know you said there's probably quite a few Raiders fans down there, and I'm not surprised, but I think there's also a fair share of Patriots fans. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Patriots being what they are now and, and what they've, you know, accomplished even in the last three years, you've gotten more and more fans kind of jumping on the, the Tom Brady Patriot bandwagon. I think there will be a fair number of fans, may even be a lot of fans from up here here that are going to fly on down for a Mexican vacation, you know, a little, right. uh, you know, uh, a, a, a siesta, fiesta. I think it's a fiesta. I get those. Siesta's a nap, I think. Right, yeah. right. I, fiesta's we, a party. We, we hope we hope during week 11 there will be no siestas right. taken by any members of the Patriots. Right. <laughs> Usually, but as a fan goes, yes. <laughs> the fans, I don't no. mind necessarily, but the, the team, no. Right, but as a fan, you, you siesta, then you fiesta, then you siesta. Right. Right? <laughs> that would be the order that you'd yes, probably be Yes, you're doing. right. A right. siesta sandwich with fiesta filling. Yes. I, I like that. Okay, exactly. That, that works. So, so that I, okay. you know, I think that that's a that's a great. Uh, that that's just it's it's perfect. You couldn't have put it together yeah. any better than than uh, than uh, you know playing those two uh, tougher teams. I mean, Kraft's on the TV committee. I think he also kind of, I think he, if he's not on the scheduling committee group, he's got some influence. He's got a lot of influence with that. So I think he can always go to, you know, whoever's developing the schedule and the commissioner's office and all that. And we can say what we want about all that. But uh, <laughs> I, I think, though, Kraft has a little bit of pull to be able to, you know, because in the past we've seen the Patriots sometimes when they have, like, you know, they'll have to make two trips to the West Coast. Sometimes they do, they've scheduled them back-to-back weeks and the Patriots yeah, will just stay out there. So same thing here. They're going to stay out there in the mountain time zone. I think Mexico City is either in the central or mountain time zone. So, again, that's, you know, it's just consistent uh, with where they're going to be. It's probably, you know, it's pretty easy. You know, I look at the rest of the the schedule. Uh, By the way, I I do love some, you know, you wrote out. See, I was supposed to print out the schedules and bring them uh, tonight, but I forgot. But thankfully, you were smart enough to print out the, you know, write out your own schedule in advance. First of all, I like some of your unique abbreviations. HST for Houston. I haven't seen that one before. And then the other one, which I, I love, and I believe me, I've been doing the same thing. But before your bye week. Uh, I hate to say that. Oh, yeah. that's uh, that's L.A. Not no, SD. I know, uh, I know. But <laughs> oh, because if you if put I LA, put you L.A., I'd be like, well, which one is it? Well, you could then, put a C after it. But then I would have doubted. Then if you would have thought it was right. the Clippers, right? Right. So <laughs> I'm just being like, I'm just gonna put San Diego. You know who it is. Doc I know Rivers who it is. Strong safety. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brian Griffin. It's uh, outside linebacker. Plus, plus, I, mean, I highlighted it too. I got, I you know, this is I I get creative. My you know the mind you know, like I the highlights mean it's good. Highlights are. Wait a no. minute. Who's the? It's not Brian Griffin. Who's the? Who's the player for the, the basketball player for the Clippers? It's, it's uh, Blake. Blake. Right. Yes. I was thinking of. <laughs> I'm thinking Brian Griffin's the dog on Family yes, Guy. Yes, he is. I'm coming. What is? Yes, I knew. He is. I knew you're what I said. It, it didn't sound right. It was Blake Griffin. Sorry, that's what you're I. You're out of control. Yeah, Tom. you're right. I don't We're think. I don't you. think Brian Griffin could play outside linebacker. Blake would have a fighting chance, but. True. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, but okay. So well, you're running down the rest of the schedule. I mean, it's uh, you know obviously opening week. You know you, you've got the Chiefs. I think. 
you know, you, where, where do you see potential traps on this schedule? I think, you know, you could start as early as week two at the Saints. I mean, that's, you know, it's Drew Brees. They've still got a pretty explosive offense down there. Um, that's, you know, I... Well, I don't think it. I think. I don't think. It's, I, think I mean, the I know the Patriots can beat them, but it's prepare, not. But, but it, I don't see that as a trap. I mean, they okay. everyone knows Traps it's week game. two, and yeah. plus they're going to have ten. Look, they're going to play Thursday night. Right. Wake right. up Friday, and probably do film, and then all of a sudden it's like Saturday and Sunday. It's like, well, what are we doing? Oh, well, we have a game next week. You know, it's not like a routine. Yeah. You know, this is just going to be like, well, so they have ten days, and it's Drew Brees. It's not like it's Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston. You're not sure, you know, what their offense is going to – you know what they're going to do. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to throw it a lot. And they're not going to play that good a defense. You know, I didn't mean to to say the word trap. What I guess I really meant is I'm just looking at potential games they could lose. Right. So, you know, trap's the wrong word, but just potential losses. Now – You know, 10 days to prepare for the Saints is a plus. Meanwhile, like, you know, the Saints are going to play the opening Sunday, so they're going to be a shorter week, obviously. That's a factor. Uh. You know, then I look ahead week five at Tampa. You know, you just mentioned Jameis Winston, but that's on a Thursday night, so it'll be a short week for the Patriots. It'll be a short week for Tampa as well, yep. but they have to go down there to uh, Raymond James Stadium. So I don't think, you know, that's, again, a potential game. I mean, everyone's talking about Winston's development. I mean, he had a, he had a really strong rookie year. Uh, I know a lot of their players are hot commodities in fantasy. I, I tried picking up some and, uh, you know, fell a little short but you know nonetheless they're they're you know they're a dangerous team and they're bound to get better that in fact the nfc south in general is you know obviously you know you're defending conference champion you know falcons yeah. atlanta falcons are in there but carolina's bound to bounce back i mean you know think about it. that to, that division's represented the last two super bowl you know uh, nfc champs in the super bowl carolina atlanta both good tampa's on the rise for sure and and then new orleans has drew Brees. right so that's a quality division. I mean, I yeah. you know I could see any of those. You, you could make a case of any of those four games are going to be tough ones for the for the Pats. Plus the fact these are opponents they don't play all the time. Right. And the thing I don't know. I I'm too old. I, I, football is pretty simple. It's coaching, quarterbacking. That that goes far in whether you win or lose. It really does. The the bad quarterbacks don't win ball games. The bad coaches don't win ball games. Now that doesn't mean if you're a good coach you definitely win. It just means you definitely lose if you're bad at one of those two. Sure. Um, you know we could you know whatever. The, the the there's a few teams we could just go over quickly. But in any case, with the NFC South, they I mean you know Ryan and Breeze are true quarterbacks. Newton is definitely good. I'm not the biggest fan of him because he's not that accurate. His strength is throwing bombs and hitting on a few of them and running. They say this year he's not going to run as much. Does that, you know, but anyways, I'm still going to respect him because he's still good. And um, Jameis Winston I like. So, you know, that's that's real. You know, that's, you know, it's not like you're playing. Did you draft any of those four for your fantasy team? I got Drew Brees as my, my, I did, I did, uh, yeah. In fact, so uh, you'll be you'll be slightly conflicted in week two then. No, no, I, no, I won't. I'm kidding. Because you know what you do? Yeah, you I just know. root for the Patriots to score touchdowns, and then then New Orleans can score because New Orleans can't stop right. them. Yeah, that, that's the thing about us. You know, we're we're Patriots fans first, right. fantasy fans second. We right. don't really care. I mean, it, it's a nice bonus if now that team does well. Houston's. And by the way, you and I are both old enough that you look at that week three opponent and your first instinct is to say Oilers, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> I love Houston. Like Houston's a great team. But what do they have a quarterback? Right now it's Savage. Yeah. I mean, he's good enough to win, but 
you know, if they had a real quarterback, if they had Jameis Winston, if they had just a, a an above average quarterback, this team would be tough. Okay, but some factors here, and I'm not even necessarily putting this one in, as one mm-hmm. of the games to, to look out for. You know, they'll get Houston at home; that helps. But you have the Bill O'Brien factor. You also have the fact that they were here for the divisional playoff game and played their defense, yeah. played the Patriots tough, and that they was without good. JJ Watt, yep. if I remember. Yeah. So right now, Watt's back. I mean, now, you know, and I don't even I even hate to bring this up, but you have the emotional aspect of the fact of, uh, you know, yeah. the Texans are not even playing their final yeah. preseason game. It was uh, found out earlier today uh, their their final uh, preseason game against the Cowboys has been postponed so that all the members of the Texans can get back to Houston and, you know, mm-hmm. get back to their, you know, uh, what's hope, you know, what's left of their homes, their families, friends, uh, everyone in Houston. You know, we certainly uh, have them in our thoughts uh, after, uh, you know, Hurricane Harvey uh, continues to sort of batter the uh, the, the Houston area and the uh, the Gulf Coast there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and, you know, by then, I mean, you know, you're three weeks into the season, but still, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't that that could be a factor working against the Texans. But I, I'm just saying I think that's. You know, you've got O'Brien, you've got a good defense. Yes, Savage is eh, but, you know, that's – I think there's enough there. You know, there's yeah. still a – you know, they're a tough out, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of use – cross uh, cross our sports analogies here. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, anyone else uh, – you know, but even, you know, games as simple as, you know, y- we go to that – what you wrote is SD, but it's actually, you know – Yeah, the, that's the, not – yeah, like that's – Philip Rivers, I mean, he's still got something in the tank. Even though – so what if he's only going to be playing his home games in front of 27,000 fans? Right. And that's just – boy, that whole thing is such a – we could do a, a whole show on why I think that's a hot mess. But. Yeah. Um, but San Diego, San Diego's they were like six and ten last year. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. Good point. San Diego was six. I'm and going 10 with San Diego year. until until you throw me out of here. <laughs> well, you could say so San Diego was six can, and ten last year because they were uh, San true. Diego. Yes, they were. That's correct. Now they were the six Chargers. and ten. And I think it stinks because that song, the San Diego oh, Super yeah. Chargers. That's I, I actually a pretty can good song. Can you say Los Angeles? Uh, it's really not the same. same. Yeah, it's no. not going to be the same. It's, it's not. You know. It's Plus, it's San Diego. Like you can get away with that. Los Angeles is like chic, and yeah, you know, there'd be right. some music person be like, I, you know, I can, I can write something better than whatever that is. Sure. You know what I mean? So that that'll get ugly quick. But um, <laughs> yeah. no, San Diego's not a bad team. Like mm-hmm. they were like six and ten last year, and they had devastating injuries on their whole team. Um, offensive line, receiver, running back. Um, anyway, so yeah, I mean that's that's that. And then, Again, you you know Patriots are going to get them at home, so that that helps. Yeah, which I think whenever you win. get these tough quarterbacks at home, that's definitely an advantage for the Patriots. Right. So you know that's that's the thing. Now I don't know about Miami at home. Like that's that could, anything could happen is how like I don't give that as an automatic win. Okay. And I'm not a Miami, big Miami fan. Miami here you mean yeah, or down Miami there? Yeah, Miami at home because oh, it's okay. after Denver and after Oakland. Oh right, so coming off the back to back. Little letdown, yeah. you know, you, whatever you got to go through divisional, customs. Divisional game. Though, I know. Which Belichick's going to tell you that you you can't use that as a trap. True. He's going to tell you that game's ten times more important than the prior two weeks. Right. Right. Even though those are also conference games. No, nope, I know, and and I'm not. I'm, but I'm just saying. Usually, most home games, I'm just like Miami at home, the Pats win. Like, what? They win most of their games at home in general. So, anyways, that's that. And by the way, how weird is that? They they don't see Miami for the first time until week twelve, and then they get them again in week fourteen right. down there on a Monday right. night. Get which that. Is a, bonus. A bonus Monday night, definitely. Yeah. Monday night, late heat. in the season. Yeah. 
that, that's there's no better time to play them. Yeah, you'd have to think the humidity will be lower. It's in the, it's a it's a Monday night. Yeah, I mean that couldn't have worked out better. Because uh, I was already looking at that game and going, oh god, they're gonna when's it gonna be like 95 degrees down there? And yeah. you know when are they gonna have to you know because that's always you know that's another place where it's tough for them. Yeah. So I don't you know I like the schedule. I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's. It's a good schedule. I think you start the Pittsburgh game the week at the week yeah, fifteen I mean, at, at Pittsburgh. Any game at Pittsburgh you can lose. Um, if Roethlisberger's healthy, I mean they're tough at home. But the Pats, the Pats beat Pittsburgh all the time. Oh, of course. Well, because Pittsburgh rolls out. The, but they do have a new. Don't they have a new defensive coordinator this year? I think they're trying to. I think I heard rumors. Oh yeah, they're yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. They're going to try to play more man right, defense. Right. Which is fine, but yeah. who who switches their defense up and then is awesome. Like right, take, yeah. taking players that you had in a certain defense and then just saying, oh, we're going to switch our defense up with the same players. Yeah, see, they won't switch it up all the time. That's the thing. They say they're going to. Oh. I think what they just mean, there will be certain times they might try to throw a wrinkle in there. That won't help. But I bet you like 95% of the time they're still going to be running the same defense. Yeah. And uh, Brady's going to look and he'll just be drooling. Right. In the, <laughs> right. It, it's just, uh, Not the old man drool, right. but the, oh, God, right. here we are again. I love it. Bring, so, bring it on. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Like, it's Pittsburgh's a good matchup for us because we can, we have good cornerbacks and. You know, I don't know. Like I, I just like it. And then, you know, it, look how look at our last six games: Miami twice, Buffalo twice, the Jets, and Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, that's the other. Even thing. though they're road games, it's not. It's not five the of their final six games are divisional games. Yeah. Of their first yeah. eleven games, only one is in the division. Yeah. Wow. That that's yeah. also weird. They kind of really backloaded the uh, yeah. the AFC East games, which of course, as we've you know, we, as you've heard all the talk about how bad the AFC East is for another year, and you look at it, it's Jay Cutler. You know, I mean, the argument can be made that Jimmy Garoppolo might be the second best quarterback in the division. Right. Cutler being third, and then you know, obviously the what's you know uh, Buffalo and and the Jets right now. My, what is what we got? McCown and uh, Tyrod Taylor who's banged up, and yeah. and the Jets are just you know, the Jets got well, rid of everyone in the offseason. Well, both teams are tanking. I mean, yeah. Buffalo's trading away players, and they just traded away a couple of minor guys. The NFL is so hard to win when you have everybody moving in. Buffalo and the Jets win five games or less every year when they're trying to win. Yeah. Now now they're, they're taking Eric Decker and, you know, Marshall and all these guys. It's like you can't win. You're actually taking real players off your team. Yeah, you're getting draft picks, you know, late-round draft, whatever. And Buffalo's doing the same thing. So it's like how is New England going to lose to them? Yeah. How is anybody going to lose to them, especially New England? You know, you had a great question for Chris Price earlier about that Garoppolo question because now as I look at this back end of the schedule and all these, like, cupcakes, I mean, these divisional games, which I know Belichick will tell you, they're divisional games and we can't just take them for granted. Right. But as fans, you look at them and go, these teams, you know, to, to borrow a, a phrase from Tony Maserati, they suck. Right. And I usually don't like to pull all that out. This is a Toddcast, though, so we can say right. the word suck and use the foul language if need be. Uh, sorry there, kids, if you're listening at home. Yeah, they, they say tougher. Most kids probably say worse. Right, they're tougher. Than us these, and yeah, they, exactly. And uh, you know, so but yeah, you look at that, and I think it's a pretty legit possibility here down the stretch. You know, if the Patriots, uh, you know, I don't know, they may clinch things early, they may not, but I, I think Garoppolo could certainly get in and get some significant play, not just right. come in with five minutes left and you know hand the ball off, uh, you know, five times or something, or, or go to a knee for the, you know. So I, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a legit chance there. I mean, what do you think about uh, before I pin you for a win-loss record? What are your thoughts with uh, you know Brady? I mean, he just turned forty. You know, 
Uh, is he going to finally start to show his age a little bit here? I know he says he feels great. You know, Alex Guerrero's got him feeling yeah. like he's 25, and yeah. and certainly the way he played, you know, in the second half of that Super Bowl, it looked that way. Uh, but I mean, at some point, he's going to have to start looking old, right? I mean, this guy is a human like the rest of us. I mean, well, it's all about <laughs> yeah. It's but the NFL is unique in that they protect their quarterbacks, and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were smart 15 years ago. The first thing they wanted to do was to protect themselves. And then, okay, let's run the play. It's not, oh, my God, we got this seven-step drop. I'm going to survey the field, and then I'm going to throw it to my big tight end who runs fast or my big wide receiver down the field. Ken Stabler, Daryl LaMonica, those days are gone. They're, they're over. And these two smart people invented the, I'm going to throw a four-yard ball. I, it's important for me to get. It's more important for me to get it out of my hand than it is to do anything else. If I get it out quick and throw an incompletion, we go back to the huddle second and ten. If I get it out of my hand quick and complete it, it's now second and five. Both of those are good. Completing a 35-yard ball and you get you get, you know, some 280-pound guy running full speed and knocking you down. Oh yeah, he's tough. He, you know, Terry Bradshaw, he completed the 35-yard bomb. <laughs> tough guy. Yeah, he's out yeah. of football. Like, yeah. you, you get hurt. They didn't. And Brady, if Brady doesn't get hit, okay, let's do it. Let's say it differently. If you could somehow do like a skeleton, uh, an infrared skeletal um, body of Brady and Roethlisberger, and you just saw their bones, <laughs> you would say, oh, that's Roethlisberger and that's Brady because they would be completely different because Roethlisberger gets beat up. He gets hit 10, 12, 15 times a game. A game. Now, it's not Does always Does that show full up on, on the skeletal uh, thing? I mean, it well, was only the, I thought only the brakes showed up there. I, I, <laughs> I may have made that up. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> okay. But, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, like the, 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 the Roethlisberger's body is older than Brady's. Not chronologically, just He's just, just taking a lot more abuse. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what it's all about. Joe Flacco, he doesn't get hit much mm. because he just kind of hangs on and just kind of gets rid of it. But anyways, can I make an Brady argument real quick on Roethlisberger though? He's yeah. built a little differently than even like Brady. I mean, doesn't matter. he's built more. Well, I, but I think doesn't he can matter. take a little more punishment. I'm not saying he's yes, he can take it more, but he's taking more than he can handle. Like yeah, well. like maybe he can take ten percent more, but he's getting thirty percent more. Like Brady yeah. doesn't get it, but he gets it like once or twice a game, once or twice. Yeah. And we always go, oh, <laughs> oh. Rossberg gets yeah. it. Well, next time yeah. you see Pittsburgh, okay. if you're watching them, well, yeah, we'll, right. you'll see him here. But yeah. like if it's Sunday if night, Monday night game, yeah, yeah, they'll be on Sunday night, yeah, Monday sure. night. Watch him and just yeah. get a blank piece of paper and mark every time he gets hit. He can't get hit 12, 15 times. Okay. Brady will probably get hit four. Maybe I'll just text you every time I see him get hit the next time I'm watching. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just go one. Right. Two. I'll just text you. I'll know what you're saying. You'll know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. about. But, yeah, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. So he, so to answer your question, which I impliedly have answered, he can play five more years. I mean, he might get hit in, in week whatever against Atlanta, week seven. And that might be like, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh my my shoulder my back something and might have an injury for the rest of the year, you know. Right. But well, if he doesn't get 
buried, he doesn't get buried. That's why this Edelman thing's a little interesting too, because he can, he can you know, they kind of know, hey, four yards, stop, I'll get it to you, and then we'll move on. Whereas if yeah. someone isn't like Edelman can get open quick, then who knows what's going to happen. See, that's what worked so well in Brady's favor with the quick release play that he loves is that, you know, he knows in, you know, 2.5 seconds Edelman's going to be at spot X, yep. and he knows he's going to get the ball there and Edelman's going to catch it. With these other guys, you know, that, that certainty is maybe, you know, like 80%, but it's not like 99.5% right. right. or whatever yep. as it would be with Edelman. So, you know, he does have to, he's going to have to work that comfort level a little more. You, you bring up a really good point, too, about the uh, the whole, you know, how the game has kind of changed with these quarterbacks and the quick release. I think that's just in large part because these defensive guys are so much bigger and faster. Yeah. I mean, the fact they're built like tanks, but they move like motorcycles or whatever, you know, or Corvettes or what I don't know. But the point is, I mean, tanks usually are slow and plotting, but a lot of your defensive stars today are not, and they can get to the quarterbacks quickly. And that's why I think, you know, it's going to be hard for Brady to go five more years because as well as he wants to keep himself in shape and, and all the training and trying to elude it, all he's going to need is, like, one, you know, left tackle, whether it's Nate Solder or whoever takes over that spot, you know, and Brady gets a hit from the blind side by some just, you know, 300-pound behemoth, whatever, coming on the edge who's got the breakneck speed. He hits Brady in the right spot. I, I mean, you know, Brady's been lucky here. I mean, this is year 18 of his career mm -hmm. and he's only really had that one big hit in two at you know week one of 2008 you know Bernard right. Pollard twists his knee and rips his ACL uh, apart but other than that I mean they really you know he's been very I mean we've been very fortunate to watch uh, the fact he's been in such great health and I I know he'll attribute it all to Alex Guerrero or whatever and avocado ice cream and such but uh, but but another thing too is um remember last year when um it must have been was it Solder? What was the tackles that our tackles got hurt? Well, Solder did Solder get hurt at one point during uh, the year? I think Volmer Volmer well, right, got, didn't, Volmer got hurt and was done for the year. Right, right? and then he retired. Right. And then Solder got hurt for a little while. Right, if I'm and not mistaken. I think Fleming jumped in there yeah. for a while. And, Fleming uh, and Waddle and oh, right, and Cannon yeah. they all jumped in and Cannon played great. Well, what did mm. the Patriots do? They took Bennett. And they, they would run them in motion, and whichever tackle was having a harder time or more difficult time, they would double-team the, the defensive guy. Bennett would stay in and block. Right. So that, so, Which wasn't even necessarily you know, a strong part of his game. No, but he did a good but, – but we need to keep Brady upright, not get hit. So if we have to keep 10 guys in to block and nobody go out, we'll do that too. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. But this is why I'm glad you brought up Bennett. Look who they brought in to replace him, Dwayne Allen, who is more of a blocking type. Right. So that actually could improve. Yes. You know, you're right. Maybe you have him go over and do the same things Bennett was doing, but he might be able to do it more effectively. He's also a little bit younger. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so you're right. I mean, that's that's going to help. I mean, because I know there have been some concerns about their, their lack of depth at the tackle position, mm -hmm. you know, especially because Solder's not been 100% uh, this training camp. So... Yeah, I mean, so there's that. And, of course, don't forget Gronk. I mean, he's, you know, a decent blocker, too, and hopefully... Decent, he's great. Yeah, right, well, right. So, and hopefully yeah. he stays healthy the whole year as well. I know uh, if Howie was here, he'd be making some peanut brittle references, and, you know, and uh, when, when is Gronk going down, and he won't make it to, you know, right. pe peanut brittle will be served at Halloween. Yes, and that's, right. Uh, Gronk will be lucky to make it that long or whatever. Uh, I also know, think, just a quick thing, okay. yeah, I, and sure. I asked the question to Chris, yeah. I think the Patriots are going to run a little bit more. Not a lot more. Not like, holy cow, they're running the ball. No. Right. It's just going to be, instead of passing all the time, they just 10% of the time 
they'll pass less. That's all I'm getting at. Well, Gillisley, I think, is a slight upgrade on – I know LeGarrette Blunt scored 18 touchdowns, and that's great. I mean, it's great to have a guy when you're at the one, you just punch it in. Gillisley, I think, can do that, but I think he can do a little bit more too. And then you have someone like Rex Burkhead who could line up in the slot, and I know the Bengals kind of flirted with the idea of making him into a wide receiver yeah. full-time. But he's also a good between-the-tackles runner. And that's going to be the fun thing to watch here because you're going to have Burkhead in the backfield. You might have Gillisley in the backfield. You might have him back there together. You might have uh, Burkhead and James White together. And one might slide out and, and go into the slot. The other might stay back. I mean, yeah. you know, teams are. it's going to be hard for teams to defend. Like, what kind of defensive unit are they going to put out to try to defend what the Patriots are doing? Because they're going to have, and again, it's just Belichick, you know how much he loves the versatility. You know, Burkhead can line up all over. James White, we've seen him... We saw him split wide at times and then, you know, line up behind Brady. I mean, even Deion Lewis can do a little bit of that. Right. Really, all these backs, with maybe the exception of Gillis Lee, who's probably more of a your, your kind of prototypical running yeah. back that you're looking at there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so then you got that. And then, of course, James Devlin even, you know, the, uh, the versatile fullback slash tight end, uh, you know, another guy who can kind of plunge over the, the guard and pick up, a mm-hmm. you know, a third, fourth, and one, uh, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, I think they will run more. I also think you're just going to see a lot of these crazy set, set backfields with different personnel and opposing defenses are going to look and go, are they running or are they passing? And that's going to be the key because when they had Blunt in there last year, as good as he was, when he was behind Brady, nine times out of ten, that defense kind of knew what to key on. They knew what was coming. It was going to be a run, so they they defended that way. And it kind of changed their personnel. And so now with all these different kind of interchangeable parts, I Mm -hmm. hope it makes it a little more, even without, even with the loss of Edelman, hopefully it makes it a little more. And then, and even when he was out, it was pass time. It, It was... It was, it, it was black or white. It was, you know, well, Blount, right, Blount yeah. told the defense what we were going to do. Yeah. So it wasn't even like, well, if Blount's out, we might even run. He hardly ever ran. Yeah. Now, I mean, Deion Lewis, and Chris mentioned it, he runs between the tackles pretty good. Very yeah. good. For a little guy, he's pretty good. He, he, to me, he reminds me a lot of Sproles. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sproles is the best, but Deion um, Lewis can still do some damage. Hey, Bill Belichick would argue they haven't lost when Lewis has yeah. played in the game since uh, yeah. two years ago. So yeah. it was 17 straight wins, I think, when Lewis has played. I think did he like, play in the Super Bowl? He did. Okay. He, I don't think he, he didn't play a lot. I mean, I don't think he, right, t- but he touched played. the ball much, but he played. Right. Yeah, he was in okay. there. Yeah. I mean, I know he missed a few games last year, but I believe every loss the Patriots had last year, Lewis was out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a streak that goes back to the 2015 season right. with him. Um, you know, before he, uh, you know, had the, the, the injury in midseason then. So, uh, all right, well, let me let me peg you. What what do you think uh, win-loss-wise? Uh, I'll go 13-3. Um, and three. Okay, so you're going you're gonna to mirror Chris. And just to reiterate, Howie, uh, Howie McClellan, our, uh, the venerable uh, co-host uh, here at uh, Time Off for Sports Talk, he said 14-2 and two and a Lombardi, and, in fact, he – he said he put a little confetti effect in his text to send me with the record. So that's he's, so uh, nice. That's kind. That's, that's yeah. nice he's, of Howie. Uh, <laughs> so, he's now, got, so he's leading the pack with 14. When you and Chris have 13, I'm, I'm going to be even you, more conservative. I'm going to go 12 and 4. Now, this is what I was going to say. I, I'm okay. saying 13 and 3, but I want an yeah. asterisk because oh, it could be 12 and 4 if week 17, week 16, uh, week 17 – they take out Brady, they take out Garoppolo, they take out, yeah. you know, a receiver, maybe one or two guys in the defense, and they lose, you know, maybe they lose to the Jets if they pull out all those guys. Maybe they don't, but yeah, I don't I'm count, just saying. Yeah, I'm not going to count that completely because, for one thing, you know, even if that game means nothing to the Patriots, that Week 17 game against the Jets, 
Brady will play some of that game. He won't. He no, won't sit the like, whole. Like, like Chris if said, this were, if start. This was the old Colts with Manning, Manning would have sat the whole game. He wouldn't have even gotten yeah, they, the helmet. Would have never Jets. been put on. They're going to beat the Jets. It's Buffalo. Right. That but they Brady might lose will to. at least play probably a quarter. They and can't a half lose of that to the game. Jets, even if they can't lose to the Jets. <laughs> There's no scenario. Are you saying they? they so it would be they Buffalo. They can't lose to them, or just oh my god, I don't know what I would be feeling if they did lose to them. No, you meant by they can't lose to them. No, they can't. They can't. They can't. There's no. They there's not out, a scenario. They could put Foxborough High School out there at, at uh, Week 17 against the Jets in front of the Jets. Think Gillette about it. You're, you're the Jets at that point. Yeah. If you've beaten Buffalo, yeah. you're one in 15. Maybe you beat Cleveland, <laughs> but I think Cleveland's better than they were last. The Jets oh. are the Jets are worse than they were last year, and they were bad. Okay, I had this argument with with my boss at work. I'll tell you this: back to back weeks on the Jets schedule, Jacksonville and Cleveland. They got them both. So I don't think it's impossible for uh, yeah, but Jacksonville, the Jets could actually have a winning streak this year. The that's Je- my bold prediction. no, that you're wrong. <laughs> no, Jacksonville and Cleveland, they couldn't win back to back. Come on, Jacksonville's defense is pretty good. Oh, they I they picked up four guys. They're going to be in, pretty in, putrid this year, though. I think. No. But okay, let's put it this way: Would would they go three and thirteen, four and twelve last year? Yeah, they'll do worse than that. And and they brought in free agents like they're trying to be better. Well, they're trying, but they're going but to the fail. Jets were trying to be worse. Uh, well, I know, but, but so they're, they're, if you have two teams and one <laughs> the same, and one's trying to be better and one's trying to be worse, why would the team that's trying to be worse <laughs> beat the team that's trying to be better? Like, I don't think you thought this through. <laughs> no, it's the Jets. The Jets oh, have okay. the Jets have a half decent chance of going zero and sixteen. Half decent, maybe, but I, I still think the Detroit Lions are going to own that. And by the way, my well, they two- have to own it because it happened. Al- and also, my 2016, one of my 2016 fantasy football teams, and I tried every week. You know how hard it is to go 0 16 when you're actually trying every week, which I did. Last you fantasy- didn't win a fantasy game. No, and that was after two straight years of playing in the championship game. Last year, I went 0 16 with that same with with that in that league. So I'm renaming my team this year. The 2008 Lions. That's my team name. This nice. Year. How so. did you? Lo- I mean, no, because that's the thing. How did I? You're right. It's just hard by to do luck. That. I went up against guy. everyone's best yeah. week. It was just a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I tried every week. I wasn't like I paid attention. I picked up players. I made right. sure I had a full right. roster. Didn't get hurt by the buys. You know, right. I had you know, I had enough players, but I just every, whoever I put in, it just they. I went up against every team's best. <laughs> that's that's the that's as hard to do as it is to go it undefeated. Is. I, it is. So I wear that like a badge of honor. So right. therefore, I'm the 08 uh, Lions now. Yeah. Team name. But any so <laughs> so now do I'll, we both have them going to the Super Bowls? The question you got three. I lot, do. 13, three, I don't. Four. I don't really like the AFC. Yeah, like it goes back to the quarterbacking too. I mean, Roethlisberger is really good, but we always beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's true. Now I fear Houston more than Pittsburgh, but Tom Savage isn't going to beat us to yeah. get to the Super Bowl. That ain't going to okay. happen. What about the Raiders? Are they ready to take that next step? I know. I don't know, but they, yeah. they have to take the next step just to have a chance to play us and maybe beat us and maybe not and beat us on the road. Like, that's if they take the next step. If they don't take the next step, we ain't playing them. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's Jack Del Rio. Yeah. It's right. Jack Del Rio. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> – you're right. You're right. Yeah, his record against the Patriots When he was at Jacksonville yeah, to fire up his teammates, he got an ax – and the, and they were in the they were oh, in the I, locker room and they went to like swing at a thing and he missed or the guy missed and ended up like cutting his foot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I know that versus Belichick. <laughs> well, how about when Del Rio was the defensive coordinator for the Broncos too? The Patriots had their best success against they the Broncos just, during that time. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, it, regardless, I also think 
Del Rio's also changed. Because last year he was like going for it on fourth down. Mm-hmm. He the game one or game two against New Orleans at New Orleans, they uh, they were down one with like thirty seconds left and they went for the two point conversion and got right. it. So you know he's well he's a Raider now. So he's you a, know they're right. a renegade. They do crazy but, things. So what? I mean, who's in the AFC? Who's in the AFC? Mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's horrible. The West, the the third best team might be the Chiefs. The third best team is the Chiefs. Yeah. And they're looking to change their quarterback. Well, I think they still – I mean, Smith is serviceable. If, if everyone else plays well together, then I think, you know, they can do decently with Alex If Smith, Andy Reid thought he could win a championship with Alex, Alex Smith, would they have gotten Mahomes? Yeah, but how many years away is Mahomes from being anything decent? I mean, he's not going to jump right in and make an impact, right? I mean, no. But if they thought that they could win a Super Bowl with Smith, yeah, they wouldn't have drafted Mahomes. Well, okay. Andy Reid, Andy Reid is saying I can't win it. So if he's saying it, I can't say it. So <laughs> it still comes back to we're going to be at home versus Pittsburgh. It's probably going to be Pittsburgh, Oakland, Pittsburgh or Oakland. Yeah. And I don't see, I don't see a problem. By the way, another thing on your schedule, I just noticed uh, your, your, the way you abbreviate the, the NJJ. Uh, the, they play in New Jersey. I, Todd. They do. I know. I know they do. I didn't know we could lie on this on this podcast no, or, the, no. or the Toddcast. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to lie. They play in New Jersey. You are correct. They live in New Jersey. Yeah. They're New Jersey. Yes, you're, you're correct. There's I only there's only one NFL team that plays in the state of New York. You're absolutely right. I love. So I, uh, no, there's no none of them playing. The, oh, Buffalo, right? Ah, right. Yeah, Very good. Almost got you there. Very good. I love I love meeting <laughs> Giant. Good trivia question. I love meeting Giant and Jets fan, and and I call them the New Jersey yeah. Giants, and they're like, sure, you know, they're New York. I'm like, no, they're not. No, exit sixty. You live in New not, York. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, you lived in New York. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Their new right. their stadium is is in New Jersey. Um, right. So yeah, I do do that. So I don't know. I I I. Okay. I think it's going to be Seattle too. I I like Seattle, Seattle. huh? Yeah, I like uh, Seattle. Their defense, uh, that that core now is. Uh, this might be the last year you see them play at that. I'm with level. you on that level. I'm with you on that, but but they do play at that level. Uh, but what about you know Russell Wilson? I mean, his quarterback play seems to have dropped off a little. Well, and, he got hurt last year. Okay, and, and who's running the ball? And they're not going to run the ball. They can't. Their offensive line isn't that right. Good. So they're, that's a downgrade from Marshawn Lynch. They used to have the beast there. Now they have no beast. So they're that, beastless. They're beastless. Right. That is going to suffer. That's going to have the offense suffering. And sadly, I think Jimmy Graham is a pretty good tight end, but Russell Wilson doesn't seem to know how to use him for some reason, I which it- I don't get. I thought it was just a confluence of um, uncertainty last year. Because remember, Jimmy Graham was hurt. Hurt, hurt. Like, okay. like, he got some injury on his foot that you're not supposed to come back from. Oh, what the, like, the plants are. Whatever it is. Like, not that your career's over, but you yeah. just you play it like 75%. But he had an inflamed bunion. Yeah. They had no, yeah. <laughs> so they, they had no offensive line. They just had no. And yeah. I think now that they know that they still have no offensive line, it's like, you know, screw it. We're just going to. We're just going to throw the ball. We're just going to – now we know we can't do it. Um, I think Graham's going to be really good this year. I tried to get him in fantasy, and I, and I couldn't. I'm going to – you know, um, I'm going to go the sentimental pick. I'm going to go with Chris Price's pick. I, I want to see the Packers. And you know what? I think it's time. I, I, I know their defense is not as good as some of the other defenses in the NFC, but I think Rodgers can help make up for some of the discrepancies. They were in the uh, NFC Championship game last year. If they get home field, uh, I know that could be, a, you know – 
Although their division, I, I mean, you know, the Vikings might be a tough out, but the Bears are the the, the, the New Jersey Jets of the NFC North now. The, the Bears are an abomination. Right. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Dick is spinning in his grave. He's not even dead yet. Uh, and then, you know, what? Uh, Detroit? Detroit. I mean, please. You know, it, it, you know, Stafford's great if you're looking for a backup fantasy quarterback, you know, during the bye week, a fill-in guy, but, uh, which he's going to do for one of my teams. But... Uh, that was my, my draft strategy. But anyway, aside from that, yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, I like the Packers. I don't know who else, you know, they're playing, uh, you know, the rest of their schedule. But, uh, you know, it, it's time. It just feels like one of these years, you know, you know, Rodgers now is subscribed to the Alex Guerrero trading method. And, you know, he's only 32, so maybe he's going to play for 10 more years or whatever. But Did you uh, hear Did you, him in his um, Alex Guerrero following his diet, whatever, whatever he says he's doing? Yeah. He's on page six with his new girlfriend coming from some um, restaurant. He was drinking wine and eating. It actually said what he ate. Yeah. And he said what he ate. There's nothing to do. It's When Brady says he does it, mm-hmm. he does it. Like he's, he's, it's Wednesday, it's tofu burger day. It's, you know, he's not, he's not boozing. Right. So don't. Don't let the Aaron Rodgers, I'm following the, it's like someone on a diet that does it four days a week. Okay. Doesn't, you got to do it six or, you got to do it seven. So you're saying Rodgers is only really doing it half the, like. Who, if that, don't, don't, what I'm about saying, Gr- don't let that influence Okay, you. what about Gronk? What do you think about his, uh, he's another disciple now of. Uh, Anything that gets Gronk focused, <laughs> I'm, I'm all for. Well, he is, come on, he's focused when it comes to football. No, I he mean, is, for, you know. he is. But he, 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 you know, he's just a normal college kid that, oh, I have a day. It's a snow day. Yeah. So I don't have to study for my, my you know, I don't have to do my homework. I just all, and I think if it doesn't snow, he does his homework. Right. That's what I'm saying. No, he's fine. Like, right. Gronk's fine. He'll, he'll do good by it. But it won't help him because it's a whole different. He's banging against 280-pound mm-hmm. dudes every day. Yeah. Getting hit in the knee. The Alex Guerrero thing the pliability doesn't help you in your knees and your back and your neck and your head i'm gonna do a, okay well i'm gonna do a little fourth wall breaking here just you know i know most 99 no 101 percent of our audience here listening is not going to care about what i'm about to say but it's going to tie into the whole guerrero thing uh in one of my fantasy leagues uh we uh we brought back some old bay bank folks and i don't know if you remember this name you remember anyone named phil bell and tony who we used to work with i because no. you used to yeah i, I, I know you, some you of that work game. At bay bank, but you were right. highly connected to it right. you know, through you know uh your friends and stuff so our mutual friends of, of us both but uh so, uh, anyway, he's kind of a health nut himself, so he's named his fantasy team this year Avocado Ice Cream, which it's fitting if you know him. It's also fitting, obviously, because of the Guerrero thing. For the record, in that same league, I, I named my team because I share initials with the Patriots quarterback. I am the, instead of TB12, I'm TB67. So, it's, you know. You were born in 67? Yeah, I was just about, to, yeah. Yeah, we hit a big milestone this year on the Toddcast. Well, not we didn't. Do oh it on, yeah, no, we were, we were we were Toddcasting then, but uh, we uh, yeah, I already that, fifty. Yeah, that oh, happened I last blew month. through that three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> my my big it's not birthday. Much fun. <laughs> my big birthday was when I was thirty. Yeah, and and I stressed really? about it for like four months. Like, and then once I hit it, I'm like, eh, that's 
It's not so bad. Is that really so? The forty and fifty didn't bother you one bit. Like you didn't stop to pause on no. those as much for the. No. What was the big thing about the thirty? Just that you. you it, it, I wasn't. I thought said thirty. You got to cut back on your drinking or something. No. Like that. It was just <laughs> thirty. It was just yeah. like, it's not your twenties anymore. It like, you're not in your twenties anymore. You're thirty. And it is one of the first times you start kind of feeling right. like you know. Like, you're not as invincible. Up to that point, you're fairly invincible. Like, right. you know, you can drink like a fish. You can get up the next yeah. day. Not, you know, everything's fine. And then, yeah. And then that's uh, right. Then you wake up once you're 30 and it starts to, ooh, ooh something. <laughs> I, you know, like, uh, I, or I, I'm having a little trouble bouncing back I, here. You know? I had my <laughs> fantasy draft last Friday. Okay. And What's we, your team name, by golfed. the way? Let's hear Actually, it. I'm not sure yet. I haven't. I haven't. Right now, my my team name is I Hate Sundays. Um because my team ended up, I ended up seven and six, la- six, six and one last year. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was just the dreaded tie. Those are tough. Oh I my god! I I had four games, five games that went down to the last play, <laughs> and and, <laughs> and 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 I got a tie out of one of them. Like I should have won, mm. but the other guy tied me. Oh. And then, did you miss the playoffs because of the tie? No, I just you? no. I ended up coming in second place. Like we have two, we have ten team league two fives. Right. And like first place was seven and six. I was six six and one. And the next two guys were six and seven. Wow. The other division had like a like a whatever, uh, thirteen. So they were like ten and three and nine and four. But it was crazy. I lost four. G- Anyways, it was miserable. So my buddy, he he's the commissioner, and he you have the ability to kind of go into the website and kind of move things around like the commissioner can do it like they have overriding power he went into my team and changed my name to i hate sundays which and i looked at and i go yeah i'll go with that for a little while but no i'm actually thinking about the first year i did it five years ago you know i could float out some i could put something out on on our uh you know tst twitter at tostbmc maybe we can get some suggestions i'll uh well i'll put it out there you know good fantasy team names the first team i had was five years ago. I started back up five years ago. Yeah. It was an eighteen league and they invited me and my friend in. They're like, come on, you know, we want to go ten. I'm like, okay. Kaiser Sose. Oh. Yeah. I also won it that year. Oh. I came in, kicked the door down, shot up everybody, right. and got out well, of town. It would, why would you have changed your like well, the next two years it wasn't so good. Oh, so I'm like, all right, so. let's mix it up. Let's you know But anyways I do need a team name and I haven't I haven't really I haven't really thought about it. Um, if does I, it need to be topical? Does it have to have a football tie? I like to like be what? topical and with football. Okay, like, all right. Like last year, I was Dorito Dink. All right, yeah. Oh, that's right. That that commercial. Because that was the right no. It was because no, no. the, um, the Deflate Guy guys. One was nicknamed oh, Dorito yeah, Dink. Right, right, right. Okay. Yep. So I'm like Dorito Dink. Okay. And yeah. you know, so I'm like. It's topical. It's football, and yeah. you know I'm gonna do it. Well, see, it. I thought the TB67 method because that's the book. You know, I figure I'm playing off his new book title. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not the best, but it's uh, well. Yeah. Well, my thing is like go big, like go big with a name. Yeah. It's more okay. important to just go big and be bad, or go big and be great, than to go average and kind of, you know, whatever. Like one guy's name, he likes golf. His team name is Tee It Up. Mm-hmm. I'd rather get punched in the face than get called <laughs> tee it up. <laughs> wow, that's a bit tee a bit it up. Harsh. Okay, why? Like yeah. wh- you just wasted eight seconds putting that in. So, mm. um, so yeah, I do need a team name. All right, 
Well, fair enough. Hey, uh, do you uh, do you have any other time? I mean, we're, we went pretty long here, but I'll, I'll give you an opportunity. Did you want to talk about anything else before we uh, wrap things up here? I can talk about anything. <laughs> well, I didn't know. Is there anything on oh, your mind you want to share? Quick thing: okay, if, yeah, if quick I did thing, get yeah, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, I was gonna have. I was gonna. My team name was gonna be White Running Backs Matter. Okay. Because you know how Black Lives Matter. Yes, I, I get. Because yes. but see, since there's so few white running backs, <laughs> I understand. A, yes. Yes. Now, now we're getting into the edgy topics here. <laughs> I was gonna do that. Okay. No, it's, it's white running backs matter. I, I just, I it wouldn't. It made sense. Topical. Yeah, Football said, yeah. related. Um, you know, you could say turning Christian or something. I I don't know. It could be some play there. I don't know. Yeah, Sister Christian. <laughs> oh, there you go. A little Night Ranger action. I like it, you know. Nothing like an um, 80s rock. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I, we're, we're sort of wrapping up. I mean, we went pretty long here. I think this might this might end up being one of our longer uh, Toddcasts in uh, recorded history, but... Uh, so much so that uh, I think the entire staff has left. But, uh, but I w- no, I'm just going to give you the floor. If you had any other things you wanted to get off your, your chest or whatever, you know, Red Sox, the thoughts on the Celtics trade there that may or may not. I guess, you know, the, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday the 30th, and the deadline is uh, tomorrow morning uh, for uh, that. Uh, I really like the Celtics. I really like getting. Yeah, I mean, uh, I hope the trade goes early, through. I'm yeah. kind of worried it won't. But, yeah, so. I think it will. It has to. Like, like, let's not pretend it'd be like me and you making a fantasy football trade. Yeah. Like, this is real life. The whole <laughs> world knows the trade. Right. The whole world. Like, okay, let's say it doesn't happen. It's going to be topic of conversation on every show, not just even, like, sports shows. It'll mm. somehow make its way on Fox News. Like, hey, and just as a, you know, we're, we're, we're closing up today, but can you believe that, like, LeBron James tried to, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers tried to make this trade and it didn't happen and like they reneged and like you never hear about that, you know, Susie and Jimmy and whatever, you know. I just think it's going to go th- it it can't not go through. Yeah. Like it just can't. Okay. It, it, You're right. So I think Probably it will. It's good I'd, enough. I'd be stunned. Red Sox going to hold on with the American League East? Yeah, cuz I don't think the Yankees are that good. And one thing with the with the Red Sox when they hit home runs the, only the Dodgers are better than them. Only the Dodgers are better than them. Well, you mean like when they hit a home run in a game? No, but when they hit they... home, like oh. from August 1st to August 20th or whatever, yeah. when they went like 15 and 4. Okay. Benintendi, Nunez, and um, Devers. Not only were hitting awesome, they were hitting home runs. Yeah. And then like they lost, what, three, four games in a row? They hit like one or two home runs in those four games. True. Well, right. They, I mean, they're, they, they're, they're not hitting a lot pitching, of home runs. So their when starting they pitching some. is good. Their yeah. relieving pitching is usually good. Erratic but good. And they hit enough-ish, kind of, sort of. But mm. when they hit three-run home runs, they, nobody can beat them in the American League. Factual yeah. information. So when you watch their games <laughs> and you see them not getting home runs and they're down 3 nothing, 3-1, think of me. Okay. That is Dave Fluitt. And he needs a new name for his fantasy team. So at TOSTBMC, uh, you can tweet me some suggestions on that uh, if you so choose. Uh, we do want to remind everyone uh, to be sure to follow us on social media by searching uh, Time Out for Sports Talk on Facebook. On Twitter, it's at TOSTBMC, and you can get your links to the, hey, 
your mic's still on, you know. <laughs> to get links to the latest TOST podcast as soon as they're available for your listening pleasure. I want to once again thank uh, Christopher Price from uh, bostonsportsjournal.com uh, at uh, his Twitter handle there or the, uh, for the uh, for the website is at bostonsportsbsj. Uh, Chris Price's Twitter handle is at cpriceNFL. I want to thank him. Uh, he joined us earlier uh, here on the uh, podcast to break down the Patriots season. So until next time, for Dave Fluitt and uh, Howie McClellan, who unfortunately couldn't be here, but we'll be seeing him soon. Don't forget our uh, TV premiere for our 25th season. Yes, uh, amazingly enough, it's been that long. Uh, we will be kicking it off on September 27th, so mark your calendars now. That'll be a live show. And it's also our 400th all-time show, and we got some special surprises planned. If you follow us on Facebook and Twitter, we'll keep you updated. So until, uh, again, for, for Dave Fluid and uh, the absentee Howie McClellan, I'm Todd Bloniers. I want to thank you for checking out the TOSC Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Yeah.